Hello and welcome to episode three of Waffly Bollocks, the podcast where we see a door marked do not enter and we barge right in anyway. That's right, it's our Forbidden <laughs> Door episode. Hey! <laughs> uh, it's, I'm just, it's been so, there's been so much wrestling this week, it's so exciting. I work wrestling. Uh, <laughs> so we are recording on Friday the 30th of June. Uh, I am your Twitter pal, Awfully Waffly, also known as Sarah. And yes, I'm, gi- I'm giving up, there's my name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and my co-host. MJ, otherwise known as Wrestle Bollocks. Yeah. I really regret picking that Twitter name now. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you're stuck with it forever. (laughs) I'm stuck with it forever now. I can't change it. That's it. How how are you feeling today? I am so tired. I can't tell you. Frazzled. (laughs) Everything that has could have gone wrong this morning has gone horribly wrong. So now I'm just sat here with a monster and a brew. As is true, I literally feel like I can't record this podcast unless I have monster now. <laughs> we can't. It's a tradition. Well, if we if we don't have a can of monster when we do it, we're going to get cursed. If we haven't been cursed already, I, I have my anyway. The monster is not not helping. So the reason I'm completely out of it today is because I went to see WWE live last night. Oh. I know. I agreed to do it like ages ago. Traitor. I was like, I know, I know. It felt so weird. Because I think all the wrestling things I've gone to so far have been like indie promotions yeah. or like I went to the For the Love of Wrestling convention thing. So it's like people who are fans of lots of different things. And I think I yeah. sort of thought it would be like that. So there's me in my orange Cassidy t-shirt and... I was when I was standing in the queue outside. Oh, fucking everyone here is in WWE merch. I cannot see a single oh, person no. in anything else. Were you getting the side eye? I don't think so because you know what? I think it felt completely different from a wrestling show. It felt very much like for kids. Like there were lots and lots of kids there with their parents, yeah. and it was like their parents have brought them here. Their parents aren't really into it, but like their kids are into it. Yeah, worked to my advantage because. Uh, I was absolutely wedged in a seat with not enough leg room for my six foot ass, and there was a kid a few <laughs> seats down from me and I could hear him asking his mum who was sitting next to me if she would swap seats with him and he had the aisle seat so I just leaned over to her and was like if he wants to sit closer for a better view I will swap him mm. for that aisle seat because I can like put my legs in the aisle and so I ended up swapping ah. and it was great I was like hooray for this <laughs> that was the that was the good thing that happened uh I saw we saw Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio we saw Seth Rollins oh see I love Seth I don't watch a great amount of WWE but I did I love Seth yeah he's just he's just so camp he is. <laughs> I like the pageantry. Yes. I think I think that's what it is. Oh god. Speaking of pageantry though, like the absolute pop when Cody Rhodes came out, everyone lost their minds. It was it was so weird. Like I, I like Aww. I think we talked about this before that I wasn't around for much of the Cody era of AEW, but I kind of didn't realize how much people love him because I like I think we talked before, mm-hmm. like he feels like he should be a heel, but they were just like screaming crying cheer i mean he was a right pain in the ass because he came out with his entrance music for ages oh yeah it takes forever yeah 
But then he did the match, which was good. Like, I really enjoyed the match. He was fighting um, Finn Balor and it was a street fight. So that was really fun. But then after the match, he got a microphone, talked as if he was the EVP again of WWE. Like, thanks so much for coming. Like, we are like, you're not in charge. And then said, um, I'm going to hang around and sign autographs. And if... If I leave before I get to everyone, it's because they're making me leave because otherwise I'd stay here all night and sign for everyone. So then oh. he like went to ringside and started signing autographs and taking selfies. But because of that, that I was on the aisle and the aisle was just a crush of bodies because everybody was queuing up to get to Cody. So I couldn't get out. <laughs> I was like, oh, God no. And they just kept playing his music over and over again for like, like 20 minutes of the interval just oh, on a loop man. and I was like I'm going to lose my fucking mind <laughs> please make this stop <laughs> at least at least it wasn't the live version uh which you may not have had the pleasure <laughs> of experiencing I can't remember which show it was might have been the first double or nothing possibly or all the first all out can't remember which one it was but he got downstate in to do it like to do the the, the theme tune and it was a bit ropey to say the least it was a bit there might have been a problem with the monitors or something um, <laughs> I'm sure there was a, yeah, charitable yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um he, oh Christ it was yeah it was ropey it wasn't as bad as um whoever they had on Wrestlemania this year who was fuck awful for want of a better word oh no he was oh I don't I, I don't even really know he was like a country rapper or something he was just shite but um, it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's an upgrade from Kid Rock, but I think Kid Rock was also there as well. And it was just like, oh, no, this is this is a bit much for me. That's not what you want. <laughs> it's not what you want. And he only tuned in to see if Cody won and he fucking didn't. No, he didn't. He, didn't. <laughs> uh, he did win last night, though. Oh, very good. So... Obviously that that happened, but like obviously the thing that happened this week is Forbidden Door. And we have watched Dynamite and we will try to get to Dynamite, but I think Forbidden Door, I don't know where to start. It's, it's got to take priority, hasn't it? Well, first off, poor Adam Cole was poorly sick. Oh, yes. Get well soon, Adam Cole. I know you're on Dynamite, so hopefully you're better, but um, that, that was very sad. He gave Brit the lurgy. He Brit did, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Bless him. And and he was supposed to be fighting Filthy Tom Lawler, he which was. would have been a brilliant match as well. It would have been fantastic. And he, he was poorly sick. But apparently um, that we didn't see because they filmed it before the cameras started rolling or... or before the show started anyway, it was um, Serpentico versus Tom Lawler. Oh. And I really hope they film that and they're going to put it up somewhere because yeah. that would probably be really fun. Oh, I'd love I to think. see that. I love Serpentico. Yeah. And let's add that to the matches that they could have put on dark. Yes, yeah, a fucking long list of like, Tony, where are these matches? We want to see them. We better run them back because we need them. Well, yeah, there was some, I think there was some before Dynamite this week as well that I saw who it was and I was like, oh, pigs, why do you bring back dark, you cowards? I'm going to keep tweeting that <laughs> every week. I'm going to keep tweeting it till someone listens to me. Bring it back. Bring mm-hmm. it back. Um, so, zero hour. I'm going to try and rush through this, but because I, I, I was going to skip it, I'm not going to skip it. And we know why. We can't skip it because there was a chaos match. We it was a chaos match. It. And it was supposed to be trios, and then it wasn't. And there was just bonus Chuck Taylor that, that was unannounced. And 
I wasn't expecting him to be there and I woke up and he was there and I was happy. Yay! Yeah, because they have um, added Swerve? Uh, yes, I think so. Which is always fun. Always nice to see Swerve. I think they were literally just trying to get ev- as many people on the card as they possibly could. Yeah, it seemed like it. Just shove everyone in there. So that was fun. And like El Desperado was a fun addition to those guys. Although I think he should be very, very careful and not get too affiliated with them because he will get injured. <laughs> if you hang out with those guys, you'll get injured, run away. At some point, yeah. Oh, bless. We've already broken one lucha this year. We don't need to do it to another one. Oh, poor bandido. No. And then we had Athena versus Billy Starks, which I think was maybe a proving ground match, was it? Oh, it's Billy Owen. Oh, it's Billy Owen, yeah. That was fun. That was very good, though. Yeah, it was very good. It was really cool to see Billy Starks, who I think is signed now because she's got an AEW logo on. I was going to say, they haven't announced that she's signed, but suddenly she's got shirts and shop AEW, so I think she's signed, yeah. But she's brilliant. She's an excellent signing, I think. Mm -hmm. She's she's going to go very very far and yeah. uh yeah so that was that was really nice to see her in front of like such a huge crowd as well yeah um you know because i've seen her on sort of indie shows and stuff and the i think dynamite she was on and ring of honor or or at least dark anyway not not dynamite i don't think but she was definitely on dark yeah and yes yeah, so it's just it was really cool to get to see her sort of going from like working sort of GCW shows and stuff to work in Forbidden Door. That was crazy. But against Athena as well, it was a brilliant match. Really good match. Yeah, I think Dave was a bit stingy on the stars for this one. What did what did Dave give? I have a feeling it was two and a half. It was something that I was quite shocked at how low it was. Two and a half? Oh, <laughs> bugger off, David. Jesus Christ. No, I disagree completely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've seen Athena have a bad match. She's just, she's just brilliant. She's so good. I mean, I know, I know she's Ring of Honor, but I think she's possibly one of the best champions they've had between AEW and Ring of Honor Mm. so far. Because she's so good. She's so entertaining. She's so funny. And she's absolutely brutal in the ring as well. She's just fantastic. Love her. Love Athena. Give her all the money she wants to stay. Yeah, fantastic. Give her all the give her all the money. Give her all the gold. Give her everything. Give her all the screen time. Uh, she's so funny. She's so funny. Really funny. Like where she um, in Ring of Honor the other week when she stole Kira's wig. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Funny. And have you seen yeah. the one where she uh, uh, like Lexi's not there and she she interviews herself? That's really <laughs> yes, funny. <it> is. <laughs> So good. That's the thing. I mean, she's she's literally got everything. She's brilliant on the mic. She's brilliant on the in the ring. And yeah, no, she yeah, love Athena. She's fantastic. It's really it's really shocking how good she is, considering the women's division feels like it's like dying under the weight of trying to carry Soraya and to some extent Tony Storm. Oh, well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I. I d- that's the thing. She doesn't deserve the the level of crap that she gets from people. Not by any means, but it's a bit galling when people come in and it's basically name recognition mm-hmm. they're getting hired mm-hmm. for, and you know they're getting paid significantly more than people who were better than them. Yeah, and uh, I I just there's something about that that rubs me the wrong way. I mean, I would argue 
the same with uh, another certain someone. But it's like, unless you're going to get the value for money, which I, in that case, I don't think you are. No, absolutely you know, not. It, it's like she's funny on the mic. She's pretty good, but she's not. I don't know whether having all the time off. Um, I mean, obviously, she had to have the time off, but I don't think that's done her any good because it's it's she doesn't wrestle enough to get the rough stuff yeah I don't think and it's it's all a bit clunky and you can you know when you can sort of see somebody counting the steps in the head and I mean I find this with WWE a lot they're going in their heads they're going I'll do this then you do that then Mm. I'll do this but see them thinking it yeah and like I think people who are good at what they do maybe they are doing it in the head but you can't tell yeah, I and that think is, that is my my sort of problem with, with there were a lot of people from I mean especially the women from WWE yeah. is is the sort of that you can see them going through the choreography in the heads. Yeah, and it just makes for a clunky match, unfortunately. Yeah, which absolutely. is like no no offense to her as a person, but not for me. I'm afraid. I think you're right in that it's lack of practice though, because it, it it's sort of like anything like anything that's sort of like a physical thing where you have to go through steps. Like it it makes me think of like learning to drive. Like when you first learn to drive and you have to really think about, you know, balancing your, your gas and your clutch and like making everything be in gear. But like after you've done it and you've been driving for years, it's like automatic. It feels like that. Like Mm. you just don't, she's still in the thing of where she is, like you say, thinking about every sixth step where if she were more, if she was wrestling more often, like maybe she wouldn't have to think about it as much. It would just sort of flow a bit more naturally. But it is what it is. The problem is, though, with with her only being on AEW, it's like they fit what one match one, on Rampage yeah. for the women, one on Dynamite, and then one on Collision. I guess. I yeah. Think. Pretty sure. So it's you know you haven't got the time to get those reps in because not they're trying to fit so many women <laughs> into three matches a week imagine what it'd be like if we could have two women's matches per, per great, show wouldn't it <laughs> I I've often thought that they could replace either maybe a promo or maybe like a squash match that doesn't really mean anything and replace that with another women's match yeah. I don't know why they don't do it I don't know whether it's a lack of care or whether it's just the network I, I that's the thing I don't want to put it all on Tony Khan because it isn't necessarily his decision. There are a few things where I I have quite often thought, you know, that's probably someone from the network or whatever sort of in his ear mm. saying, well, this this gets money, this gets ratings, which I am assuming is why CM Punk still has a job. <laughs> but that's just me. I don't know. That's wild <laughs> speculation. But that is just, um, you know, I, I think it's the, oh, well, he's making us money. So... Yeah. I mean, you're sounding entirely too reasonable. I would much rather just scream, come to the heavens and, <laughs> and blame everything on him. It, yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. But I I do suspect a certain degree of executive meddling. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, right. Where were we? Uh, zero hour. We had uh, El Fantasma versus Stu Grayson, which was another ring of honor thing really because Stu came out with the righteous which yep i think i tweeted something like you know this really is if you're not if you're only watching AEW, you better catch up fast because 
you would have had no idea who they were, what was going on, why he wasn't with the Dark Order, like what the fuck was happening. Um, but I sort of liked it. It was a great match. It was it was a nice little sprint. It was uh, yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. Love El Fantasmo. He's brilliant. Like good to see him there. Oh, that light up jacket as well. It's fantastic in it. I want one. I, want I don't. One. I don't know where to get them or how much <laughs> money they're going to cost, but I want one. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was it was really fun and. Uh, El Fantasma won. Yes, he did. And then I was watching with my boyfriend. My boyfriend's going, that's an upset. And I'm going, it's not really. It's not. No, I, I don't think, think it is. I don't think I, it is. I think they're about evenly, evenly matched on the, on that score. So I don't think it was really an upset. But but also, like, there was nothing, there was nothing at stake, I don't think. No, no, there wasn't. No. If we go, if we get to Dynamite, we'll cover more Dark Order shenanigans later. I'm still emotionally traumatized. Oh no, emotionally traumatized. Just <laughs> everything is emotionally tra- like Dark Order. Dark Order fans are having a time right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so just briefly finishing Zero Hour, we had. Uh, well, Tony says Lij, so I'm going to say Lij rather than do very bad pronunciation uh, yep. versus United Empire. Yay! And. <sighs> I think I was really hoping that Mark Davis would be there. I know no one is surprised. <laughs> I see United Empire and I'm like, where's Mark Davis? Is he back yet? He's no, not back yet. Not back yet. He's, he's knee. Yeah, knee surgery. ACL tear, I think. Um, oh, he no. is posting some extremely nice thirst traps lately, though. <laughs> um, so we'll forgive him for not being on TV. Yeah, like my partner was like, you know, it would kind of undermine the comeback if he was there. Just because I was like, can't you just come and stand by the side of the ring? Like that would be fun. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't think we need like whenever when people are injured, like they don't always need to just stay off camera necessarily. No, but I, I guess yeah, that it does it does take away something from the big return yeah. if they if you've seen them. But sometimes I would like to see their faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing I'm wondering about um, Brian Danielson with his arm, whether he's going to go away or whether he's going to hang around and just be like a ringside presence for the BCC. Maybe I don't know about that one. Someone's zooming ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. We sorry. will get there. I've just had like my brain is just filled with that x-ray image of his of his poor broken oh arm. god so that was so Horrendous. bad yeah we'll, so we'll get on to that <laughs> your arm is in two pieces why is it like that finish the match though what a beast anyway <laughs> we're jumping ahead i mean we could just we could we could do reverse order forbidden door i mean either way no let's do it let's, let's do it in let's order. do it um, in the right orders yeah so that was zero hour and as a pre-show, I thought, yeah, that was a banger. Like, there was great stuff on there. It was solid, yeah. People saying, like, should I bother to watch it? Yes. It's good. Yes. Always. Always watch the pre-show. It's always a good At least one good match on there, at the very least, usually. And um, the other thing as well, like, because I don't mind it when they do the whole thing with, like, Renee and RJ. Yeah, no, I like that, too. <laughs> that That's fun with a little match at the end. But I think, again, it was a case of there are that many people kind of want to mm. be on this card we've got a mm. you know it's two companies worth of people so I think mm-hmm. this was definitely the one to sort of ram with as many people as humanly possible yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> like yeah because there's one yeah one eight-man match and one six yeah so really really stuffing yeah. them in there yeah 
And then the forbidden door for real. The naughty open. door. <laughs> the naughty door. Naughty door. Hooray. I'm sure it was Zack Sabre Jr. that called it that at one point. The naughty I'm door. Just, uh, anything that's ever funny, I'm like, yeah, I, I credit that to Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Funniest yeah. man alive. Um, <laughs> See, that, I used to call the door that Mox comes out of the naughty door. Because ah. he's a naughty boy and he comes out naughty door. <laughs> Um, yes, we'll get to Naughty Mox uh, in due Naughty course. Mox coming out the Naughty Dog. <laughs> um, but we opened with our reigning champion, MJF, uh, yep. fighting Tanahashi and yes. having to be goaded into doing the match because he was so determined that he wasn't going to. Yeah, yeah. And also, the it was the first match on the card as well, just so we could get in and bugger off. Get in and get out. And he, and he came into the ring with that cape that said, like, like New Japan is an indie or something. Yes, yeah. He was just going out of his way to be a dick to everybody just... there. Fucking love him. Me too. It was really um, funny. <laughs> it's really. It was just. A, it was a really fun match. And, it uh, was. and I, yeah. There's been a lot of talk about Tanahashi and how basically fucked up his knees might or might not be. Yeah. And on what collision? God, there's so many now. I'm like, how do I keep it all straight in my head? It was. He fought swerve, didn't he? He did. On collision. Yes, did he did. That? No, that was real. Uh, and there was a bit of a stumble and so I've had to kind of cover for him and think fast. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's how old is he now? He's 46, I think, Tanahashi. And, mm. um, you know, what? he's been doing this for that many years. I'm not surprised his knees are fucked. I think he's that much of a legend that we can forgive him the occasional stumble, I think. Oh, absolutely. I'm, uh, yeah. Maybe he needs to take it a bit easier. But at the same time, you know, if a bit of a stumble, bit of a, a sort of a whiff every now and again, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's Tanahashi, isn't it? Absolutely fine. And and I think MJF was a really good person to put him against, especially with this yeah. whole thing that he didn't want to do it because it meant that, like, you could kind of fill quite a lot of time with shenanigans. Um. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he could, he could spend quite a lot of time yelling at the crowd. Did you hear that one kid? who was in the crowd, who seemed to be louder than absolutely everybody else in the building when MJF was sort of shouting and doing at the crowd. And then there was just this one small child going, you're a coward! And it, but it was you could hear it so clearly above everyone else. It was really, really funny. And then I think MJF kept um, sort of goading him. So it's just mm. every now and again, you could just hear this kid getting more and more angry. He was so <laughs> heated. It was great. That's what you want, that. though. You want those kind of reactions out yeah, of people. I love that. And, and yeah, like as we've discussed, like Max is a good, good kid. He'll put people over. Um, yeah. He'll make anyone look good. He's great. So. And he he did. It was it was sort of the cocky young keel taking on the, yeah. the grizzled vet kind of dynamic. And it, it worked. I mean, because, you know, and Jeff can also is another one of those guys that can slow down to accommodate if he needs to. Mm. You know, he can go like the clappers. But if you need him to slow down for somebody and adjust to them, then he's very good at that as well. But yeah. It, it was good. It was a fun little match. I enjoyed it. It was a fun little match. And even like the fact that he won by cheating is kind of putting Tanahashi over being like, yeah. you know, couldn't couldn't win clean. Yeah. 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 It keep, keeps him relatively strong and, and looking like a 
still looking like a G. So uh, looking yeah, like, looking was, like the ace. Yeah, yeah, it was a good match. I, I enjoyed it. Followed quickly by CM Punk versus Kojima, which do you know what it was fine. Bread I, I clubs. I, I mean, yeah, I love him. He is very adorable on Twitter. I was just like, oh, this guy is a delight. He's precious, isn't he? I absolutely he love him. Precious. I think I've kind of mostly forgotten this match though, just because. I didn't want to didn't want to look at Punk's face. It made it quite hard to watch. <laughs> well, he was. I did what I watched the match. I was I was very good as a as a professional podcaster or whatever. As a professional podcast. wrestling as, journalist. As a professional <laughs> wrestling something or other. Um, not very professional at all. But I did watch the match. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. What I did notice and like. And, and I'm sure somebody will tweet us about this if I'm I'm wrong, but um, I just didn't feel like any of his strikes or kicks had a lot of like sort of weight behind him. It was kind of like you know when obviously you're supposed to like pull your shots and not literally yeah, punch someone in the face, but it was like he he was throwing him, but there wasn't any weight or sort of you, you're at least meant to make it look like you're throwing them hard and it just didn't it didn't hit for me at all when when I was watching it part of it comes down to the camera angle I think and yeah part of it comes down to like the other guy selling and, mm. and it's all a really delicate balance yeah that yeah. for being as charitable as humanly possible like it yeah. normally doesn't come down to like one guy fucking something up it's normally like yeah, various factors didn't quite come together, but yeah. But th- that being said, Kojima slapped the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know, it's it's hard to say, but to me, it it didn't feel like there was any weight or power behind any of his strikes, and that was a bit weird. And then Kojima did an elbow off the top rope, and um, he has since said on Twitter that he didn't do this on purpose, and I believe him because that's a small target to hit. <laughs> elbow first, right in the dick, right in the dick. For a second, I I had a bit of sympathy because fuck me, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Didn't his tweet say something like, "I don't"? I think I think it was a slight mistranslation, but it made me laugh anyway. Where he was like, "I didn't do it on purpose. Like I don't have the technology. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't, don't have sonar. I don't know." <laughs> He kept saying something about it's it's not a cock elbow drop. Yeah. It's just an elbow like drop. It's not a cock elbow cock drop. drop. <laughs> Don't think anyone was saying that, but okay. I'm not entirely sure it, it translated the way it was meant to translate, no, but that, that no. was very funny with, with these very funny. not a cock elbow drop. Bless his heart. He just wanted to go home and eat his bread. And he did. He seems like such a sweetie. Why is why do so many of them? Why are they so cute? Like I don't, I don't <laughs> these very violent men. <laughs> oh. They're adorable. They're all adorable. But I think, yeah, I mean, obviously we didn't get the Kenta match. Supposedly it was Kenta that turned it down, but like earlier in the week, Punk wasn't particularly happy about it. So I don't know if the, if they persuaded Punk to agree to it, and then Kenta just went, "Nah, you're all right." I mean, if I, who could blame him? Because he hilarious. kept tweeting that it was about the money, right? He was constantly yeah. tweeting like, "Pay me, pay me, pay me." And then I noticed that Kenta has a match on the day before All In uh, in London against like 
Mark Haskins. I can't even remember which promotion it is, but like not one where he'll be getting paid a lot. <laughs> so no. And if he's in London anyway, they they might do it. They might do Who it. Who knows? Who can say? I just oh, I'm so annoyed with I mean, like, I'm not annoyed that I don't live in London anymore because I hated living in London, but I'm annoyed purely for the like sake of this one weekend, because there's so much stuff going on. That's the thing, because we're coming down on the Sunday and going home on the Monday morning. So, yeah. like, we can't get up there to watch any sort of little shows or anything that are on on the Saturday, which is a bit annoying. Um, okay, so we are all the way as far as the four-way for the international championship, which is Orange Cassidy versus Shibata versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Garcia, which we'd already kind of had a preview of on Dynamite mm. the previous week. And Orange Cassidy retained, which... You did. I'm happy for him, uh, <laughs> but I did. I I really, really I don't know why I thought that I was like the oracle of wrestling. I was so convinced that what was going to happen was he was going to drop the belt to to Zach Sabre Jr. at Forbidden Door. And yeah, that, I mean that that wouldn't <sighs> have been surprising if he had like any one of them actually in that match. I was like, any one of them could win it. Like, but then when yeah. Orange sort of got through by the skin of his teeth again. It, it, it made all the sense in the world that, that that's what they do. But before the match, I was like, I genuinely don't know who's going to win this one. No, I love it when that happens. Me too, me too. I love it when I can't call what's going to happen. And I mean, there's a, there was a couple of matches on this card where I couldn't really call what was going to happen. Yeah. Which we, we will get to shortly. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, what else is there to say about this match? I mean, I'm just, I was just delighted by all of these men. They're all delightful. They're fantastic. The dude, the, the techers, the techers. <laughs> it was just so good. Um, but yeah, we had a, a, like a bit of chain wrestling and like some submission stuff. And it's art. Things that Zach, does to people's joints just genuinely sicken me and I mean that in a good way (laughs) yeah oh my god because I I get a bit of quite a bit of joint pain what have you and then he's there like twisting people's elbows and stomping on them and like bending people's fingers back and I've just sat there watching it clutching my hands going no (laughs) Zach Sammy Jr is not made of human flesh he is made of rubber and and tentacles like he's, so, he's, he's just so not <laughs> he's so bendy <laughs> the tentacle monster and 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 like I love I just I think it was quite recently that I discovered his existence really and that he was British for some I don't know how I didn't know that um but I didn't and now I do and I and I've seen how many of things like his his moves have ridiculous very British names I'm just the like names, I, I love, love the names <laughs> the Chris Morris references are just, oh yeah, yeah well and and the references because we started calling him the windy man uh the long mover which is a reference from uh the mighty boosh when they're yes. talking about this <laughs> oh god i've forgotten the character's name bob fossil is talk, trying to describe uh a snake, a snake. <laughs> like yeah. the windy man the long mover um and then i noticed that uh in in zach's twitter bio which he hasn't even updated for like three years he's called himself the windy man so now i'm like I can't call you the windy man because you know you're the windy man, but um, he, <laughs> he very much is. Is this like me changing um, FTR Bold's name to a podcast? Yes. <laughs> but in a yeah. less bad way. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, the windy man brackets affectionate. <laughs> yeah. 
Like once they know that's what their name is, they have to have a different name. Yeah, I I, I love him. I love Dan, I love Daniel Garcia. I know we've said all these things before, um, but the silly dances and the just yeah, the dancing like, co- oh, co- copy paste from last week. He's just great. <laughs> It was it was this match, wasn't it, when he kept dancing at him and then Shibata and Zach were taking turns in, like, hitting him away and he would yeah. not stop dancing. It was so funny. I I was creased, Good. absolutely creased. I don't understand that dance at all. It's so bizarre, but I love it. Whoever it was that realised that Daniel Garcia is an incredible physical comedian, like, good on them. Because, yeah, you know, yeah, I remember when he it just didn't seem like he had that much personality. Like, oh, he's a great wrestler, but, like, who is he? And someone must have been like, hang on, this guy is funny as fuck and yeah. just really, really uh, leaned into that and it's wonderful. It's it's very good. I mean, like I, because I, I sort of knew from watching like BTE when um, it was him and Zay. I think were doing the the NBA recaps of the best of seven yes. matches, and he was really funny in that as well because they kept having to, you could tell when they kept having to cut it because they kept pissing themselves laughing. But yeah, he's he's a very funny boy, very funny he's boy, very funny boy. Doing his well, what what my other ass termed it the fuck boy dance. Yes. Has. So that's what it is now. <laughs> and then Shibata, I don't really, I'm not that familiar with him. I'm only kind of, I think I only know him when in relation to Orange Cassidy. So Ooh. I should probably do some research <laughs> unless you want to educate me. <laughs> well, to be fair, I have only, well, I say recently, probably in the past few couple of years, I've heard of him or in the past couple of years, because uh, he came back from a pr- pretty... Uh, oh god the brain injury injury yes. yeah yeah because um he headbutted people a lot oh shit right yeah. that's a bad idea <laughs> and yeah i mean okay. if you if you can find footage of it he um i saw a, a video on twitter that someone had posted and he wasn't he was properly just headbutting a guy in the head and he did it a lot and then gave himself, um, I think, like a hematoma or something in his brain. Fuck. And they had to lift his brain out of his head. See, I heard a commentator say that, and I was like, is that real? Is that a yeah. real thing? No, that's legit. That that did Fuck definitely hell. happen, yeah. yeah. He, he bopped his brain so much that it was, I'm assuming they did it because of the swelling, uh, but they oh, actually God. had to take his brain out of his skull. Oh my god! No, I don't like. I don't like that. It's I'm gonna. Horrific. I'm gonna write a very worried letter to Makito immediately. Like, <laughs> chill out on the head stuff. <laughs> she doesn't really. I mean, she does, but she's doing it safely. She is. She's okay. not just whamming people straight in the head with a head. I don't think so. I, I think she's all right. But yeah, um, I, I, it's some point it was looking like he wasn't gonna come back at all ever and then he came back a couple of years ago at a new japan show and and it sounded like he was just gonna do an exhibition match but Mm. obviously things have changed since then and uh and he's back at it full time again now which is brilliant to see but please don't headbutt anyone anymore. Yeah, I do have little worries when people talk about career-ending injuries and yeah. then they don't end their careers where I'm like, is this because you don't want to do something else or you don't 
have a backup career like I, like sh- should you be here <laughs> I have to send you home from school <laughs> should you be here today um I don't know I'm sure they're grown adults who get to decide that for themselves but yeah they, they do that's the thing I mean I not to be um all armchair psychologist about it but I think if you really love wrestling I think mm. it's kind of addictive yeah, I'm sure. I'm I sure it must be. struggle to, which is why I think a lot of maybe people who've wrestled years back and then have had to stop wrestling um, have gotten into sort of addictions with alcohol and drugs and, and whatever, because it, nothing is the same as doing that. And mm. you're constantly chasing that kind of buzz that you get from wrestling. It's yeah, it's it's complicated, but I I I do think there's there's a certain degree of that where some people just love it so much that they don't know what to fill that void with when they stop. Not, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I think <laughs> I, I think there is maybe a degree of that. Um, yeah. Just because you know, I don't think I can understand it because you know you don't get that sort of buzz. I think the crowd as well is is a factor. Like it's not yeah. just the wrestling; it's it's the reaction no. you get from people. And you'd have to go into like stand-up comedy or music or something, I yeah. guess, to get that kind of performance rush. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I mean, also, like, I'm guessing it's a bit of an adrenaline rush yeah. doing the actual wrestling bit as well. So, yeah, exactly. I, I think there's probably it, it's a very hard feeling to replace, I guess. So, yeah, I think maybe there's an element of that to it. But, um, yeah, because that's the thing. There's been loads of wrestlers where it's like, oh, no, this is it for me. I'm done now. And then, you know, a few years later, like, I'm back. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, speaking. So this might be a good time to just drop something in, which is uh, speaking of potentially career ending injuries. Cara Noir um, broke his foot in a cage match a few months ago. Yes. And had a like that was told by the NHS that he didn't have a fracture and sent away but turned out he did have a really complicated like compound fracture and it's now been like 10 weeks since the injury and he's still completely fucked um yeah it's like swollen up can't walk all kinds of things uh and he has a GoFundMe at the moment which is to get private surgery and rehab and stuff because basically they're saying like if he has to wait on the NHS, it'll be at least a year before he gets back on his feet. And like, obviously during that time, he can't earn money and he can't do anything. So if you uh, are a wrestling fan, which I guess you are, because you're listening to this podcast and you have a few <laughs> pennies to spare. Uh, if you go to at PW on Twitter, you'll find the link and you could chuck him a few pennies. He is genuinely amazing. If you've not uh, encountered him Um I'm just gutted because I saw him the week before he injured himself and was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. And then I was like, oh, and now that might be the end of his career. I really hope not. Um, fingers and crossed I think, it won't be. Yeah, fingers crossed it won't be. I think he's met his initial funding goal. But to be honest, I think he set the bar a little bit low looking at it because I'm like, yeah, mm, that seems optimistic to me, babe. I think you're going to need more money than that. But um, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's not just the the money for the surgery it's money to live on as well yeah exactly he is, I mean he does that for a living if you if you're injured mm-hmm. you can't do it so unless no. you are salaried you know you haven't got that safety net there so yes all the best to him fingers crossed he'll uh 
he'll be okay. I mean, because I've only just recently uh, sort of been aware of his work, but I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far. So fingers crossed he will be back on his feet very, very soon. Fingers crossed. And, you know, buy his merch and give him some money and let's hope we'll get him back. Soon. Be like us and buy all the t-shirts. <laughs> I, and to be fair, I have um, I have a Cara Noir manifesto shirt, which is like his ten rules for wrestling, and it's so like bang on, like exactly. You know, it's like it's about emotions, not moves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, make sure that you're you know sell for the other person, like all everything. I'm just like, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, you're a perfect angel. So yes. Um, <laughs> Get well soon. Uh, okay, so that was a dark turn. Let's go to our next match, which is Sonada versus Jungle Boy. Yes, and um, I've got to stop predicting things happening <laughs> when we're not you were recording. On. I, yeah, I oh yeah. I mean, I could dig out the audio, <laughs> but you, you did. You did predict exactly what happened. I am psychic. Let's just go with that. This is the psychic podcast. Now we will predict things that are going to happen. Uh, but. Uh, it was a good match. It was a very good match. Ended a bit weird. Like the match itself ended a bit weird, I thought. Um, to be honest, I can't really remember. <laughs> I'm like think, dredging through my brain, like, what happened? Sonada submitted him, I think. Um, right. But it ended with a bit of a. Because at the time, I was wondering whether someone had hurt themselves or something. Mm. It, kind of, it just kind of peaked out a little bit at the end. And I'm not sure why. Not sure why I got that feeling, but I did. Um, but it, it wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. It was it was a good match. But yeah, it, I don't know what it was. It was just sort of like it was going and going and going. And then it just ended. Like mm. the ending was a little bit flat for me. I don't know whether the crowd were a bit sort of, they were a bit quiet for this one, maybe. Maybe that was it. I don't maybe. know. But then we had the heel turn. That I predicted. Much, much anticipated heel turn. Yeah. 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 Where he just bellied hook in the face because, I don't know, <laughs> wrestling, innit? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's how you show that you turned evil and you just have to find someone to punch. Yeah. Just, just someone that you've been mates with just for no reason. For no fucking reason. Hook was doing nothing. <laughs> He was there minding his own business, chewing his Play-Doh or whatever he's chewing on all the time. I'm convinced it's Play-Doh because that's how he got that jaw, I think. But yeah, just just wellied cook in the face and, and that was it. We were done. And um, yeah. and now he's never coming out to uh, Thousand Boy ever again, it sounds like. No, no. I, I mean, that that was that was the thing, wasn't it? It was like when he came out on dynamite to do his his like first promo as a heel and the music played and we we're like oh he's still using this music and then he was like stop it you've ruined this song for me never again I'm like oh someone's serious so that'll be interesting interesting to see what he comes out to next time i am guessing ruckus is going to be on that mikey ruckus oh i hope so yeah <laughs> since he's since he got robbed of the collision theme oh of course yeah bloody elton john <laughs> It's the worst. It's the worst. Um, but yes, give, 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 uh, give my Kirikas some money. Um, I feel like if it were a slow week, we could talk about the terrible line in Jungle Boy's promo where he referred to himself as, uh, what was it? Still banging the hottest bitch or something horrible. 
yeah, in in reference to Anna, I that that has gone down well with uh, anybody. I don't think it was a bit of. A, I mean, I get that he's a heel, but it just it's one. It was WWE line. I think that's what it was. Like, yeah, because AW don't tend to use that sort of very often. That kind of. Uh, vocabulary about women unless it's women calling no. other women bitches like yes which is different we don't have to explain why it's different we all know it's different we're all adults here uh it's kind of why I turned against Action Andretti because like he came in had that one match with Chris Jericho where he massively put him over and then like the next time we saw him he came out with Ricky I think and did some shenanigans to was it Ty? I think it was wasn't it it was he was taunting like Sammy about Ty being like oh do you know where your wife's hands were or something and it was just really gross yeah and I was instantly like well I was going to be on board with you but um now I'm not (laughs) were you watching when we when Dan Lambert came in he was like not with many of the when he first came in I think he was there I think I saw like the end of him being around he was a bit kind of like old school grotty misogynist language kind of and and it was directed at Ty again and it always seems to be directed at Ty and it's I don't like it I really don't like it I mean I you can sound being you know sensitive about it or whatever but it it just doesn't it doesn't seem to fit with what AW is and what it was founded to be to me anyway who is Dan Lambert? Like, where did he come? Is he a, is he formerly WWE? He's um, the head of American Top Team, which is a group of MMA fighters. I think they're all MMA fighters or or something. Um, and that um, Paige Van Sant, uh, she was a like a bare knuckle fighter who is still apparently under contract with AEW, but we're not sure about that. But yeah, he's. He, He's just, I think he is a big wrestling fan, to be fair, but he's very sort of old school. And then when he when he came on, he was doing a lot of uh kind of he was almost like a, a Jim Cornette XP, like just spouting the same boring shit that he does. And and that was it, that was his whole gimmick. It was like having Jim Cornette there without having Jim Cornette there. And it was equally irritating, to be honest. <laughs> that does sound irritating. I think in a way I could almost, I mean, maybe this is mental gymnastics, but like I could almost understand that kind of character using that kind of yeah, yeah, uh, totally. dated misogynist language much more than I can a young person who's supposed to have been a good guy up until this point suddenly coming out with it. Like that that makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the thing with Dan Lambert as well, they started using him less when the crowd started cheering him and what he was saying when he was supposed to be the heel. And he was supposed to be like, no, you've got like supposed to be the guy that the crowd rooted against, not the crowd rooted for, but certain audiences. Mm. They would he would say some gross shit and they would cheer. Yeah, it's when you've got to be really fucking careful, isn't it? Like MJF has done that and backed off of it multiple times yeah, absolutely you've got to be so careful and so smart if you're doing that kind of shit not to just uh play right into the worst parts of the fandom naming no names because we're not talking about him other than when necessary yeah, but yeah yeah exactly yeah you know <laughs> moving you know swiftly on <laughs> moving swiftly on no we do want to move swiftly on because the next thing on the on the list to talk about is the elite versus blackpool combat club uh 10 man match yes which was 
fucking awesome. It was a banger, but it always is because it's them. Yeah, obviously. Like all of those just fucking amazing and you knew it was going to be and it was. And I don't understand people. Do you know what? I'm not even going to think about them. Like it was just a banger. And as AEW fans will know, like those guys are awesome. They always bring it and they brought it. They did. They did. They bring it every single time. They're one of those sort of groups that you can just rely on to to put out a good match yeah whatever else is going on you know they're going to knock out a banger so it's very valuable people to the uh roster i would say yes. and uh with absolutely with contract time coming up maybe like oh, no. think about that maybe tony khan hello definitely <laughs> give them everything they want but um but like just the storytelling going on in that match like yeah I'm going to talk about this when we get to the main event, but like the storytelling in that match was immaculate. Like everyone had their motivations for being there. They were like, they weren't all the same, but you always knew what everyone's kind of goals were and where they were going to go and what they, it was just, it was so, so well done and so clever and like so much being conveyed in just body language. And, and Yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really great. I think, you know, that's what I want from wrestling. That's what wrestling is to me. And it's yeah. like in its kind of purest, most kind of perfect form is like, is that much. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's there. You know why everyone's there. What everyone's storylines are or whatever. And it's, I, and I think Hangman's probably the, the most, the most. He's just most. Um, <laughs> He's but... just the most. Hangman is the most. Hangman <laughs> is the most. Yeah. He's very like you can read what he's thinking in his face yeah. and his actions, and and I think or to be fair, pretty much everybody in that match is the same. But you can there's there's sort of a really kind of high, I, and I'm going to sound like a pretentious bastard saying this, but there's <laughs> there's sort of a higher level of acting, like wrestling acting. Yes, when it comes to those guys, like because they make everything very sort of clear then sort of the storylines all interlink like with like Claudio and Eddie has sort of gotten into the mix with the sort of main through line of uh the elite in the BCC and uh and then mm-hmm. there's sort of Kenny and Takeshita off to one side as well and it's just oh I love it all the sort of interconnected stuff that's going on and I love that yeah. I it's just yeah my my favorite part of, of wrestling so like like you say it's uh they are the prime examples of that kind of storytelling. Yeah, and there definitely is like an acting style, but like there are also good actors and bad actors in this company, Ooh. even if I don't go outside of AW. And yes. those guys, those guys are just they're just it. Mm. Like Hangman could be a fucking romantic lead in He a, could actually a, go like, and do proper acting if he wanted to. He's very, very good. I mean, I still, I kind of want him to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie, but um, <laughs> but he could, he could, he could do a real movie he too. Could. He absolutely could. The thing is that I think sometimes with certain people, it doesn't. Some people maybe don't get it because it's kind of subtle for wrestling. I mean, it's kind of a business yeah. where everything's over the top, everything's a bit too much. Where and then you've got him who's sort of. He's doing a very real feeling character, and a lot of the character work that he does is quite subtle. So it's not really like w- what we 
tend to be used to in wrestling. So it's another one of those things that people who have grown up pretty much only WWE, it's sort of one of those things that people, some people maybe need to adjust to a little bit. But yeah, but but you're right. Like all of the elite are good at that. Mm. But I think he is definitely exceptional. Like even among those guys, he is far and away like the best at conveying subtle emotion just in his face. He's just amazing yeah it's not fair how does a man get to be that athletic that beautiful and like talented like how dare he seems so nice how dare he he? rude rude if anything he's so so good and and give give him all the money tony khan give Give him him all the money money. give him so much money all the money in the world it's not even it's not even money either like i i know obviously like yes give them all the money but i feel like it's probably not just about money. No. Just like money probably isn't the only thing that motivates those not guys, but just like no, give them no, no, no. everything they want, give them all the creative control, give them, yeah, yeah, you know, the <laughs> all the snacks they want in their dressing room, give them the ability to pick their <laughs> All the sour patch give them they everything want. they want. <laughs> yeah. All the Wendy's they can eat. Absolutely. Eat anything, whatever they want, just give it to them because I it, it will yeah. be one of those things if they let those guys go i think it'll be one of those things that gets talked about on fucking dark side of the ring with the rise and fall of aw or something like that absolutely that vital like i literally think if the world of wrestling fans and wrestling media were not so obsessed with wwe all the time like we would be talking about hangman as like the most important person in wrestling um and like changing the perception of the entire well yeah because he doesn't play sort of the the hero as we know them to be in wrestling like Mm. he's just a guy and i think that's the thing (laughs) why why people like him he is just a guy who you know he goes through struggles and it's relatable and you know you really he's he like him and a few others you just genuinely feel for him when they go through shit and it's but it's like not necessarily feelings I would normally have about wrestling that's that's the thing (laughs) it just sort of tickles I, I always talk about my brain getting tickled but it's it does tickle that part of my brain that's like it's far more emotive than a lot of wrestling storylines can be. Because, I mean, a lot of wrestling storylines are over the top and they're all a bit simplistic sometimes. But it's because I think he's very much of the same school as Kenny where they've really thought about what they're doing. They've thought about the character. They've thought about what the motivations are rather than it just being a surface level thing like they've they've Mm. got whole backstories plotted out in their heads I I imagine um it's just there's there's a lot more thought gone into it than a lot of um wrestling characters I would say Mm. and I think they've really grown into it as well like I think if you look back at stuff that Kenny and Hangman were doing like at the beginning of their careers it was a lot more like silly guys in their 20s oh yeah no they they sort of started out doing the same sort of thing, like where it was relatively simplistic stuff. But then, like, Kenny started the stuff with Ibushi and DDT. And and this is stuff that's followed on for over a decade at this point. 
there's callbacks and references to stuff that happened 10 years ago and it's not just copying a Bret Hart match move for move it's it's calling back to stuff that's happened that has had an emotional impact on the character rather than a physical impact on the character but yeah I could gush about them all day, you know Like, as a new wrestling fan, like, I'm still in that first, like, honeymoon period of just being like, I love this. This is, like, the greatest form of entertainment ever created. And I do find it hard to communicate that to people who have never watched it because, uh, like, we watched some really sort of 90s WWE stuff the other day and it was just like, God, this is, this is, this is what I thought it was and it isn't that. And I think I almost need someone to make like a neat little, um, in fact, I'm sure this exists on YouTube, just like a little package of the hangman story and just be like, here you go. This is what wrestling can be. The good, the bad and the elite. Right, there we go. It follows <laughs> all the way up to um, all the way up to when he won the title. Oh, which is, which is nice because that's like a season finale. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. They'll have to, whoever made that is brilliant and I hope they make another <laughs> one. Like As this storyline goes on, I hope they make yeah. another one. Like I say, because I was sort of, I watched wrestling until AEW started, but I hadn't loved it in a very, very long time. And then when AEW started, they started doing these storylines and it was founded to be different. That was the whole point of it was to not necessarily be like WWE. And I think that's why I get a bit when they start being a bit WWE, because I'm like, this is not what this was meant to be. But um, it's like the stuff that they're doing in terms of storylines, like got me back to loving wrestling again. And it's it was mainly the storyline stuff that they were doing because it was so different from stuff that we usually mm. get. It's all you know, it's it's very in depth and it's more emotional and there's it's just more appealing. It's just more appealing to me than very shallow surface level characters like I am this and I'm gonna hit yeah. you in the face. Like it's it's more than that. It's way way more than that. If that was the end of the pay-per-view, I think I would have been satisfied, but it's not. There's still still more to come. Um, unfortunately, like Tony versus Willow Nightingale was like fine. It was what we expected it to be, I guess. I love Willow. I love She's fantastic. I like I like Tony as well, but it's you know, it's the same shit. We've been watching the same shit for weeks now with this whole outcast thing. It never seems to go anywhere. It just seems to be like wheel spinning. Tony Storm, bless her. Like I watched her at the press scrum for Double or Nothing. And it's not that she is inarticulate because she's not. And she stays in character. But like there's no. this weird, I, I can't explain why. It just feels like bad acting. Like there's just something in the way she talks. She's just awkward and weird she kind of comes off like a stroppy teenager i think but it's you like you can tell it's a front but i don't think it's supposed to be a front like as part of the character in the way that say mjf would do it it just feels like it's a front no. because that's her character and she's not really that person and she can't quite bridge that distance to make it feel like she is no and i think the thing is with wrestling characters sometimes it's better just to be yourself like yourself turned up well that's what they always say they're like the best wrestling characters are yourself turned up to 11 and I think if you're a weirdo be a weirdo Mm. you know don't try and pretend to be like a mean girl if that's not what you are 
like I don't know I can't really explain it but it's like if if she is a bit awkward and weird then let her be a bit awkward and weird do you know what I mean like it would probably work a lot better it would yeah it would I think the best she's ever been was there was like a a backstage promo bit where she kind of wasn't in makeup and was really sad and like <laughs> crying and vulnerable. And I was like, Oh, this is what you should be a little pathetic girl. Like that would be, <laughs> yeah. that would work better. Show us some vulnerability. That will work better. That's the thing. I mean, but It's more real. It's more real than, than what she's doing now. So, I mean, yeah, if you, if you're pathetic, be pathetic. But you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, you know, when you're watching reality shows, right? And it's like a structured reality show. Mm. And it's like people who can't act pretending they're not acting. Yes, yes, yes. So there's like two layers of shit on top of it. And I think you get that sometimes in wrestling as well, is mm. that somebody is trying so, 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 so hard that you can see it. You can, it's radiating off them that they're trying so hard to not seem like they're acting, yeah. that they come off like they're acting badly. Uh, it's such a shame because I really, she like she looks great. She's decent in the ring. I just wish yeah. they would figure out who her character is in a way that works for her and us. Like I, I yeah, my heart is open to you, Tony, but you just you're just not you're just not letting me take you in. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anybody to be like under the misapprehension that that I don't like her because she's great. She's really good. But it's just the the character's just not hitting for me personally. And the other thing is, it's like, yeah, Soraya is really funny when she's yelling at people at the side of the ring. I find that really amusing, but then less so when she's doing a promo. Yeah. Weird. It's just so awkward and 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 nothingy, and it's really a shame because like it was exciting when she turned up, but then I think even the first promo where she was like, "This is my house now," it's like, no, this is no, it's not. Though, is it's it? not. No. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And like, oh, I don't know whether bad. it's like Sorry. because Jamie's injured or or what. It like it feels like in the women's division, everything is permanently just on hold. Like. Jade yeah. not dropping the title until Chris Statlander came back. And it, it like, is that what's yeah. happening with the outcasts? Like we're just going to spin our wheels until Jamie's back. Cause like they need to not do that. <laughs> they need to like do yeah. something. Like, it's yeah. not right. It's, it's just boring. Come on. I don't want to see the same, like four women fight every week. You've got more people than that. You've got more stuff than you could be doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the thing with Jade as well. It did get to a point where it was just like, we're just spinning our wheels, aren't we, waiting for Chris to come back? And it's like, you need to learn to pivot. Yes, they really do. Something else, like something else in the meantime that like is meaningful, but also leaves scope for like when the injured party comes back. Mm-hmm. not just sort of everyone sitting around going uh don't know what to do now uh like it's wrestling people get injured you know this <laughs> you can't yeah. just like yeah put the brakes on every time that happens and not do anything at mm-hmm. all but you don't tend to find them do it as they don't tend to do it as much with the men no it's only the women that that seems to happen to and it's it's getting irritating Oi, Tony Khan yeah fucking put someone on creative over there and get them sorting it out Anyway, time to talk about maybe the most exciting thing ever. Maybe. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> this fucking match. So Jesus Kenny Omega Christ. versus Will Ospreay rematch from uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which was January? January, yeah. Yes, yeah. for the uh, 
belt, which is some IWGP letters. United States there you go. Championship. IWGP there you United go. States Championship. Very good. I, I was like, it's a belt. And Kenny had it. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now Will's got it. I, yes. Like, incredible. These two. What is happening? Mm. How are they so good? I don't know. I really don't. I want every time I'm like, how did he do it? How did he do it? It's insane. It's, I mean, I personally, I'm not going to say I've seen every match he's ever had because I definitely haven't, but I have never seen Kenny Omega have a bad match. Never really. Like even a couple of minutes or or there was a 20 second squash on Dynamite. Even then that wasn't bad because it made sense in the Mm storyline. Like, He's an alien or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's literally just, he's incredible. He's, he's, he he's the wrestling will. god. He's the god of wrestling or whatever it is that he does. He's like, say. legitimately, I think he could have a claim to that. Like, because I, I, I don't even know where to start. That's that's how good it was. It was, uh, I know. I like the pacing. I like the sort of back and forth. I'm glad it wasn't, um, because the match they had in January at Wrestle Kingdom was a bit more one-sided. Basically, it was just most of the match was just Kenny beating the hell out of Will. And I'm glad that this one wasn't that. I'm glad that this one was there was more of a back and forth. And um, I, I can't the Tiger Driver 91. Holy shit. I, I've seen Misawa do it. And every time I've seen him do it, I've just been like, oh, Christ. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I'm glad people don't do that anymore. And then they pulled out on Sunday, and I was just like, "Oh Christ Almighty!" Like, yeah. I I know some people. I know some people watching were were fairly convinced that he got dumped on his head, but he didn't. Just to settle everyone's nerves, there are videos of, like from the crowd that were filmed and photos and and things. He pretty much landed most of his weight on his shoulder, so. Um, so he's probably going to have a very short shoulder, but um, no, he didn't get dumped on his head. And they are two very, very safe workers. Like if anyone was going to do that move, I would trust those two to do it and do it well. Not many other people, but those two for sure. Like you wouldn't want to see it at like, you know, some rookie doing it because someone would end up with a broken neck. But but those two, I think they're that good at the jobs that they can pull stuff like that off. Yeah, the thing is, accidents happen and can happen with literally any fucking move. Like, you know, Mox took a hangman with a lariat, and as we'll see, uh, elbow drop turns out to be very bad. Um, so, like, don't watch wrestling then, because every move could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, either because someone someone is doing it dangerously or, or just because accidents happen. Mm. Shit happens. The thing maybe people need to keep in mind is that these people, especially these two people, they know what they're doing. They know what the limits are. They know what they can do. Just trust that they can do it. And, and you know, of course, accidents can happen. And, and of course, that's a worry. Everyone's going to worry about something like that. But they know what they're doing. Like, I mean, Kenny's been doing it for over 20 years, I think, at this point. Like, he's fine. You know, <laughs> he's Well, it's, it's a calculated risk, isn't it? Because for both of them, their styles are or can be pretty intense. And I think yeah. Kenny uh, is a bit older and wiser and kind of will slow it down and then just pull it out for a match like this. Yeah. Uh, whereas, well, my darling, please stop hurting yourself. Um, <laughs> because 
that boy will not be stopped. No, he no. Will be wrestling. Like he literally had a show in uh Lincoln and then flew over to the States to do a dynamite and rampage and then flew back to do a show in Sheffield and then flew back for Forbidden Door. Yeah. And like you are mad. Why did you do this? <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. But I, I, that's the thing, though. I love that they they kind of worked that into the storyline between them to a mm. point as well, because it's like Kenny being the almost being like the older brother, being like, yeah. "Look, I've done what you've done, and I ended up fucked up because of it, like physically messed mm. up because of it." And you need to like you're just reckless. And you know, you call you know, you're gonna cause yourself problems. But they work that into the storyline as well. And it's it's just clever, really clever stuff. But yeah, I th- I think that I, possibly one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen, genuinely. And I've been watching it for a very long time. So yeah, I I think it's it's definitely up there with like uh Omega Ricarda and uh and stuff like that like i i i don't I, would i say it had surpassed them potentially i'd have to have a think about that one but potentially like it was it was phenomenal yeah and i very 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 much enjoyed all of will's uh canada baiting that he was doing on twitter in the lead so up to this funny. match so funny watching him on like the maid of the mist boat over niagara falls <laughs> stony face like i hate canada this is terrible like, yes he's, he's so funny I, I just please people understand the will Ospreay is just extremely funny um yeah, yeah i know that like i've said that about so many guys it's because that is my requirement for loving them pretty is, much is not I, I don't know if you can tell by who my favorites are <laughs> just live love me. a comedy guy yeah <laughs> that's the thing though I I love comedy in my wrestling but I absolutely love it when it's somebody who's absolutely brilliant in the ring as well yes that that's my favorite combo is that they they could just be super serious and you know have super serious matches all the time but they don't they like go out of the way to be funny as well and I appreciate the hell out of that so yeah yeah brilliant stuff but it's why Orange Cassidy is amazing. If mm. he was just shit at wrestling, the gimmick would not be half as good. Yeah, that's the thing. If he because he'd just be comedy jobber guy, wouldn't he? If he wasn't brilliant in the ring, then then it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work at all. But I do love this, like sort of getting off topic slightly with with um, Orange because he he did get accusations of that. Like for a long time, was like, oh, he's just a comedy wrestler. He can't actually wrestle. But it's this storyline that he's doing now where he is trying so hard and he's so good. And it's like it just adds another wrinkle to the character because it's like, yeah, no, he he can go. He just chooses not to a lot of the time. But it's like now at this point, he's fighting so hard to keep that title. And it's like maximum effort, Cassidy, and I love that. I think it's brilliant. Really, really good storytelling. I just I just think about him and my heart swells. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart grew three sizes. I just love him so much. He's he's fantastic. He's so good. And if, if you don't get it, then you're a fool. Really? If you don't get Orange Cassidy, then you're a fool. I agree. 
That's a, that's a soundbite for this episode. <laughs> if you don't get Orange Cassidy, you're a fool. Um, so at this point in the, in in Forbidden Door, um, Excalibur was like, "And coming up, we've got a trios match." And I was like, "Has he gone? We haven't got a trios match left. Surely there's only surely there's only Brian versus a card left." And no, there was a trios match that had completely fallen out of my head. <laughs> they said to do that. There's more. This is too much. There's too much. I can't contain all of this. I think last year wasn't last year's like about six six hours or something. Like it was a long slog that that Forbidden Door. It was all brilliant from top to bottom. It's absolutely fantastic, but it was so long. It was so fucking long. Like by the time it had finished, and like because we tend to pause it as well, like to go make coffees and and what have you. So by the time it had finished, I was like ordering McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> it had been finished for about like half an hour and I was ordering a McMuffin. It, it just, yeah, it was, it was about six hours, something like that. And it, That's bad. But the thing is, it's with that one and with this one as well, the crowd didn't seem to really, there wasn't much of a lull in the crowd. No, I, didn't I don't think so. Just because it was all great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I, I think you tend to find with these really long pay-per-views, you do get to a point in the middle of the card where people just sort of lose steam a little bit. Well, you're sort of hungry and you need a wee and you're like... Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of... Um, but I think they paced it very well so that yeah. those sort of matches, you know, they, they, there was matches in the middle of these really sort of high-paced frenetic things that... Mm. Like that, it did give people a chance to have a breather, and I think that's why they put that trios match in um, between Kenny and Will and uh, Akada Danielson because everyone just needed a breather after that drama. You know, Matilda. You know the scene where the headmistress makes that boy eat the whole chocolate cake, mm. and he eats the whole chocolate cake. <laughs> That is me with this paper. <laughs> Tony Khan's like, I'm going to give you so much chocolate cake. You cannot eat it all. And I'm like, yes, yes, I can. Give me more. <laughs> another hour? Sure. Why yeah, not? fine. I'm fine with another hour. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a, a chronic night owl anyway. So, like, it was fine for me. So, I think because you watched it the day after, didn't you? Oh god, yeah, but I think there was like it was like a crossover because I knew you were gonna stay up and watch it. And I think yes. zero hour started at midnight, right? So it would have finished around 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of paused it and whatever, we paused it a couple of times, so it was closer to six, but yeah, there or thereabouts, yeah. So, <laughs> so I woke up at quarter past five in the morning. <laughs> and for some reason, like my partner had woken up as well. I think like the cat had jumped in the sink or something. Uh, <laughs> and the sun was up. And we looked at the clock and we we're like, we would go back to sleep, but it's, should we, should we get up? It was like, it was Christmas morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, we could just get up and watch Forbidden Door now. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. <laughs> so I think there was like that tiny bit of overlap where, <laughs> where you were still, you were watching the end and I'd got up and just started watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was awake and, and shit posting on Twitter about that. <laughs> I had to not look I had to not, I kind of I just went on my Twitter but like was just like I'm just in broadcast mode I'm just going to tweet my thoughts but I'm not going to look at what anyone yeah. else says which is the most obnoxious way to use Twitter but um during a pay-per-view I think it's excusable just because yeah I didn't want to be spoiled for anything and I was really worried that somehow the Kenny Will match would be spoiled for me because that was like I think 
the biggest deal, but it wasn't. Yeah, so was yeah. Yay. Well, I'm glad it wasn't. Like, because I, I figured that you were probably watching it while you were tweeting, so I, I didn't yeah. give anything away, I don't think. No, you were very well behaved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always very well behaved. How dare. We are, if anything, I'd say we're the most well-behaved podcast that there is. We absolutely are. We haven't been taken off the air by Tony Khan yet, so we're doing all right. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So the the trio, like, I'm really sorry to all the people in this match who were all great. I have kind of forgotten it again. Yeah, it was it was kind of a breather match, wasn't it? It was it was it was a fun little match. It wasn't bad. It was fun, but yeah. Because um, I think it's a good thing that they are continuing to do stuff with Sting and Jericho because I think like that's something that's probably got some some legs. Um, oh, yeah. So if yeah. it had just been this match, it kind of would have been a shame. Because if, if Sting is retiring this year, which I think he's said he will, yeah, he needs to go out with a bang, really. He needs to do something that's really like... And and if he's never if he's never fought Chris Jericho, that feels like a big one to kind of tick it's off. It's a very big one, yeah. Like, whatever you think of Chris Jericho, he is kind of a legend. So yeah, yeah, inarguably he's a legend, and it, it's weird to me that their paths have never really crossed like that. Like because they were in they were in WCW, but I don't know. That's the thing. This is me with my memory being shit. I can't remember if they was sort of there at the same time like I'm not sure if Sting was still there at that point I'm sure he was he must have been but yeah they they never they never sort of ended up having matches in well of course I mean I guess they probably wouldn't because at the time Jericho was very young like he was he was younger and um was sort of lower down on the card so he probably wouldn't have been tangling with Sting at that point anyway because Sting was like big much bigger like in, mm. in sort of like popularity and, and you know, he was sort of up the top end of the card and Jericho was down the bottom. So I, gu- I guess it just never, their paths just never intersected, unfortunately. But I think, yeah, if they if they do this match now, it could be cracking. Really, really good. There's definitely a lot of story you could tell with it. Not sure which way they're going to go with it. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. And Sting, we will get to that in shortly if we cover in dynamite quickly. But in hell, yeah, Sting's a fucking <laughs> madman. But we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> um, but that would make sense in total sense why he's Darby's Darby's wrestling dad. I think it's Darby that has encouraged him to. <laughs> Do you think be as crazy oh, no. as he is being? Like, I, I think, yeah, I think that to a, to a point, yeah. I think working with Darby is is sort of brought something out of him that maybe he didn't even know he had himself. So yeah, maybe. But you say that I watched a, a YouTube video about the New World Order because I, mm. as we've said so many times, don't know anything. So I was watch catching up on all of that and um, and like Sting was coming down from the rafters. Oh, when he was yeah, when he was doing his crow bit to be dropping out of the rafters on a wire. Yeah, in WWE or WWF, like. That's brave. And I was in WCW because oh, was it okay? That was that wasn't that wasn't so safe. So you know, yeah, he's sort of clearly a risk yeah, taker. Yeah, the thing is, I I think that's the thing. It's like him and him and Darby are sort of like almost like connected between generations because they're both mm. moody goths who like hanging around up in the rafters. Do you think they just fucking sit and watch the crow together? Do you think that's <laughs> <laughs> yes? 
they have movie night and they watch the crow and, and it's always it. the crow it's always the crow like yeah. that's the only thing they watch the only film they <laughs> ever watch is the crow <laughs> i believe it i believe that i think that's true um yeah so main event brian danielson versus akada what's akada's first name i know this it's in my brain somewhere Kazuchi. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I do know this because I spent a really long time trying to figure out how to pronounce it and, and being worried that I was getting it wrong. I, to be fair, I think even Excalibur gets it wrong sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Because he said, he said like Kazuchika. And it, it, I think it's Kazuchika. Well, I asked my partner who is a student of Japanese and he looked at the, um, it is separate kanji maybe uh the yeah. separate letters so it is kazu chika but i guess how you kind of squish it you squish know. it when you when you say it yeah i think yeah. There's, there's quite a few things like with um Takeshita. yes like yeah. with the way that's spelled and the way it's pronounced is completely different well not completely yes. different but you know what i mean <laughs> sort of yeah <laughs> um yes this match i i feel bad and maybe i was flagging at this point didn't really like it was very very technically accomplished and very impressive and mm-hmm. even more so when you know that brian smashed his arm into fragments mm. uh with like at least 10 minutes left to go yeah but this was like i felt like i felt when my partner first started watching wrestling again in 2020 and i was just sort of in the room but not really paying attention or caring because it didn't hook me it was just like this is very good it's a very 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 good example of what it is but something about it is not drawing me in in that it's like two guys fighting to see who's the best and that wasn't giving me the emotional like zing that I needed yeah it didn't quite have the same sort of emotional heft that uh Osprey and Omega had personally I would have had that I would have swapped them around myself I get why, because it was the first time um, Akada and Danielson had ever had a match. And and yeah, there, there was the competitive element to it. But I think the story of Omega and Osprey was so much more than that, because there was so much more build to it. There was a lot more mm. storytelling in the match itself. Not that they didn't, not that they didn't tell a story, but I think the weight of the story was with Osprey and Omega and I think Mm. that should have probably headlined myself and also like with Kenny being Canadian as well I would have put him in the main event and given him sort of that match in his you know home country as as you know one of those things I don't know I think the crowd would have been maybe more hype if it had been that way around potentially I think that's the other thing as well they exhausted the crowd yeah with that match so I think they were quite subdued not that they were you know they were ignoring it or whatever but I think the crowd were a lot more subdued for Danielson at this point (laughs) maybe it's like when you see those signs outside pubs that say like please leave quietly and and be considerate to our (laughs) neighbours maybe it's like that where they were like if we chuck everyone out at the end of Kenny versus Will they're going to they're going to be so hyped. They're, They're going, going to be, be rioting, riot, like, rioting, rioting in the streets. Bring the vibe down just a little bit, so Maybe. that when they leave. <laughs> um, but also, like, yeah, I think uh, the other thing is that I think it, it, it. The more wrestling I watch, the more it is clarifying for me, like what kind of styles I enjoy and what I don't. And these yeah. two were doing a very sort of technical, grapply, yeah, grounded match, and 
it was fine and I but it didn't really pop me that hard it was just like it's fine <laughs> it's very yeah. good it's no I'm not even that fine is not fair like it was great but it wasn't really for me no no and that's that's I mean that's fine I mean there's there's so many different styles of wrestling that you can get into and you're not gonna like all of it of course you're not well I mean you know or or not necessarily not like it but certain types are gonna grab you more than others like yeah it's I'm the same with um sort of stuff that's very sort of standard American wrestling is not Mm -hmm. my cup of tea like for example like couldn't really ever get into Cody, the sort of stuff that Cody does. Can't really no. get into FDR. No. Not a not again, not a punk fan, but I think that's and and it's not just the fact that I think he's a dickhead either. It's it's just his style just isn't for me. Like what he does isn't for me. I don't find him interesting in the ring. Personally, I I think his promos and stuff are a bit tired. I think he's been sort of kind of doing the same shit since the early two thousands and you know. It's been done. But yeah, there's there's certain styles that you're just not going to be into. And it's fine because there's plenty more to watch. So, yeah. Oh, and and this, I mean, I was extremely well fed by (laughs) by this. I had had so much chocolate cake of this thing. (laughs) And and this, this was just, you know... Yeah, it's fine. It that was, was uh... the point where you went, no, I've I've had enough chocolate cake now. <laughs> yeah. I've been eating some. <laughs> I will eat this cake, but I won't enjoy the last slice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I I really enjoyed it. I I like sort of technical wrestling and stuff. But yeah, it didn't it didn't but I'm more into the storytelling than anything mm. else. Like if you even if it's the most basic match if there's a good story in it chances are you've got me but I think the with the Carter and Danielson it was like what was the build to that really it was like Brian doing a video package at New Japan a couple of weeks before going I want to fight you and it's like yeah right yeah it was Tony Khan banging his action figures together pretty much yeah and I mean obviously I it's a dream match every like everyone wanted to see it of course they did but I would have liked it maybe if there was some more story behind it. I think that's why it didn't grab yeah. me. Like if they'd have built over a few weeks, if they'd have built a story where they were interacting properly rather than just sort of calling each other out in the press and and social media and stuff like that. If, if they'd have actually built a good, solid storyline to pull me in, then I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Hey, you know what's stupid though is that Brian is Blackpool Combat Club and Akada is extremely like elite affiliated. Mm. So they could have almost not like made it a part of that, but like those tensions could have been there in a way that would have felt very organic. And they oh, didn't yeah. do that. It's strange to me that they didn't really. Um, I think maybe maybe it was just because it was a dream match and they wanted it to stand on its own. Maybe. But, you know, it's like, because we know Danielson's affiliated with BCC and we know Akada likes stealing Nick Jackson's gear <laughs> whenever yeah. he sees him. So, yeah, it, it would have made sense. It would have made sense. Yeah. But again, I think maybe there was the thought that it would take away from, from the dream match somehow. Yeah. So why do I love Zack Sabre Jr. so much when he is a very technical wrestling guy? Like, I love to watch him in the ring. Because he's a gobshite and he's very, very funny. Yes. That was the only. I was like the only thing I can think is that it's comedy because there was no humor in this match. Like 
No. And, and both of them can be very funny guys, but oh, like, yeah. not in the ring, really. No. I think the thing is with Zack Sabre Jr. as well, he's got he's got something about him. I, th- I think that's what it is. He's, you know, he's got a bag full of personality on top of all of that, which which of course helps. I'm not saying that the other two don't, but like mm. I can totally see why he would grab you more than other technical wrestlers. I wouldn't like to say the match took itself too seriously because I don't think it did, but it was a very serious match. There was no big stupid bits like, you know, like we had with um, Will mashing Kenny's face into the announce desk and <laughs> and licking his blood off his arm. Yeah. And then looking at the camera like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking weirdo. Like, yeah, no, there was there was none of that. There was none of the big, huge spots. But again, I think Danielson's arm played a factor. In yeah, that. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Unfortunately, uh, but the way he did that at the end when he got him, uh, I think it was a label lock, wasn't it? But he got him in it with his leg instead of his arm. That was cracking. That was good on him for thinking on his feet with that. That was so good. Think I love Danielson. He's he's a genius. He's absolutely genius. But yeah, I I don't know. I it just didn't grab me the same. It was a great match, fantastic match. Probably you know technically one of the best but it just didn't grab me the same way okay um so that was forbidden door all covered like i just yeah i just think this is a really 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 good pay-per-view like fantastic just yeah yeah well probably my pay-per-view of the year so far i would imagine yeah definitely yeah that's great it was just it was just so good like as much as like we've been kind of not complaining maybe not even criticizing really but like uh, yeah I, this is all great like I don't I don't yeah. really have any complaints particularly apart from punk existing but um, <laughs> I can't do anything about that so yeah happy days we've all just got to put up with that haven't we until he gets annoyed at someone else and buggers off I guess uh, sorry I broke the, I know I broke the rules I broke the rules I'm not we've thinking been about him so good we've been I know so I know good. I know I know no, let's not let's not go let's not go in the hole. But so then so then dynamite afterwards, like I always felt like I wasn't ready and <laughs> that I didn't ready. feel like this. I didn't feel like there was some stuff that happened in this dynamite. Actually, there was loads of stuff. I don't know. So no, it just it's like I can't process anymore. I'm still digesting. I can't I can't cope. I need to talk through my emotional trauma, but we'll get go on. To that. You took no no no. I don't think we need to go match by match on dynamite. I think we can uh pick like we're nearly two hours in. Let's just yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. let's go on. Let's talk about emotional trauma. Oh emotional trauma. Hangman, right? Hangman and the dark order. <sighs> right, where do we go? Where do we start? <laughs> we had um well there was a promo uh with uh hangman in the books they said they were throwing out an open challenge and the dark order turned up and went hello we'll do it and hangman was like oh well uh, we can make it a, a was it a, a 12 month match yeah <laughs> he bless him. they wanted to be on his team and they didn't. They wanted to fight him, and they don't like it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, the Dark Order were in a mood um, because the Hangman hasn't been answering their calls. They've been trying to get hold of him, and uh, he hasn't been answering the phone. 
the little bugger. I think they're justified in their in in their frustrations with him. They are. That's why it's so traumatic. Is because they have yeah. absolutely got a point. Is that as soon as he was back on side with the elite, he just he just done them. Didn't talk to him, and it's like this is my bad issue. behavior. Bad behavior. Yeah. He's a bad. Well, I don't want to say he's a bad friend because he's not. I think it because I don't think he meant to do it. I think he just did it and didn't think about what the the ramifications of it would be. But um, that's that's what I like about the storytelling that they do. And I include the Dark Order in that as well, because you can absolutely see their point. Like, we supported you when you were right in the shit. And as soon as you, your old friends come back, then you don't want to know us. Like, that's completely relatable. Well, it just makes it seem like he used them. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. it does. It does. But I don't think he did. But that's how it is to them. Just because he didn't intend to be thoughtless. He, he still was. was yes, that's the thing. The intent doesn't really matter. Like, it's the damage caused. So, yeah, then there was, right, well, they're having a match then. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to suck. This is going to really suck. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And, um, yeah, well, they had a match. Hangman was clearly conflicted about even having the match in the first place. And he was mm-hmm. looking, he was singing Carry On Wayward Son, and he looked all sad, and it was, oh. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he was trying to keep it friendly, I think. He was trying to keep it like a friendly knockabout, and everybody shook hands at the end of it. Didn't go that way. It no. got nastier and nastier. And I think I think Johnny and Hangman were sort of they sort of nudged each other in the ring and were like, go on, we'll just we'll keep it nice. And then obviously it didn't go that way. Uno got nastier and nastier and nastier as the match went on, which again is completely justified as well. Like he's absolutely right to be angry, yeah. but it was just sad because. I love them all so much and I just want them to be friends. And I don't think that's going to happen anymore. It might do eventually, but they've got to tell you a story. But this is the thing, isn't it? It is it is probably going to lead to that. Like, I, my agenda is the Dark Elite. I want that to happen really badly, but whether it will or not, I don't know. But I can understand it with, with Uno as well, because there's a whole situation with Stu and the Righteous. He's obviously feeling mm-hmm. like all his friends just ditch him for no reason, even though he's a really good friend yeah. to them. And it's just, uh, it's just so sad. It is so sad. I love him so much. I just want yeah, to Yeah, that's dog. the thing, you know, is I don't want Uno being sad. Yeah, so like he's completely justified in, in sort of wanting to beat the shit out of all of them, which is completely fair enough. But at the end of the match, because um, like I say, it got more and more heated between the two teams. And then Hangman Hangman hits Johnny with a bookshot in the end and got the pin. And mm-hmm. uh, he was sort of kneeling over him trying to apologise after. And then along come the BCC and proceed to beat the shit out of the elite. That's so horrible. Do you think the Blackpool Combat Club weren't so horrible? Just piled shit on top of shit, didn't they? Like <laughs> just assholes now, yeah. Just they have to come in and make everything worse. Naughty men. But yeah, they they jumped out, started beating the shit out of the elite, and instead of helping 
the Dark Order just got out of the ring and walked, walked away. They just left him bleeding on the covers, <laughs> just watching them walk away and leave him. It was, it was tragic. And him watching them go as well. It was, it was just, yeah. oh, oh, I can't. The feels, that's... <laughs> It's it's one of those, but again, like I was talking about before, it's it's wrestling has not made me have those feelings in a very, very long time. And all the storylines that like the Dark Order do, the Elite do, uh, the BCC as well, it's like they they just they know how to grab people emotionally, I think that's what it is. They make you care about what happens, and I think that's really important. But yeah, I, I am now suffering emotional damage and I'm going to sue Tony Khan. <laughs> but, but it's good emotional it is, damage. No, it's fantastic. I love they, it. They're making you feel. They're making exactly. you feel. Exactly. Yeah. It's by no means a complaint at all. I want that. Like, I want them to hurt me. Yes. Bring it on. Hurt my heart. Yeah. Yes, this is the good way of hurting heart. And then... Uh, Oh, what else do we need to talk about on Dynamite? I'm just so conscious of the clock ticking away. Oh, to I was being like, shit. Um, oh, else Max is looking for a friend again. <laughs> it's my favourite thing. My favourite, favourite thing is, and um, like he did that whole thing with Sammy and it was so cute. And now he's doing it with Cole. And Adam Cole, who is in reality, like the nicest man alive, is doing like bitchy, mean, I don't want to be your friend stuff. And I just love it so much. It makes it's me so, so happy. Good. It's so good. I love it that it, it happens. Oh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, I love Every you. single time is that <laughs> you know how this is going to go. Like at some point, Cole is going to give in and go, you know what? All right, we've got a team together. We'll start getting along. It'll be fine. And then Max is just going to turn on him and like knee him in the balls or something at some point or leave him in the, one of these tag matches or something like that is going to yeah. happen. Well, the thing is, it could go either way though because Cole could also mm. decide to turn on it like but ah, it's just these two men together it just it's so good they're so good uh and then I think the final thing to say is Sting what are you doing you jumped off that ladder okay I don't think I'm like he looked like he landed on his fucking knees I don't think that table was it close wasn't, enough I don't think no Oh my mm. god, my stomach like fell out. I was just like, like <laughs> why? Why? Like they're just I mean it was delicious, like Darby climbing up the ladder and then Sting climbing up and Darby being like, okay, you take this one and then but but no, what are you doing? Yeah. It's I swear every single every single match he has with Staten, it's like I'm sort of like, oh well, it's this big divey spot because obviously Darby's going to take it, and then it looks, starts looking like Sting's going to take it. And it's like, no, Sting, what are you doing, mm. Sting, Sting? Mm-hmm. And then he just yeets himself off something and and through a table. But yeah, I think the tables are a bit far away. But I think the problem was he landed with his chin on uh, Sammy's knee. I think that was where the damage occurred. He because uh, he got far enough to get through that first table and uh he went down I think Sammy was lying in the middle of the two tables so when Sting came down on him Sammy's knee kind of jerked upwards and he just need Sting in the mouth basically by accident unfortunately do we know if he's okay have we had an uh, update? I think he's had to have stitches stitches in his lip and he has knocked a tooth out 
Oh, okay. I mean, that could be much worse. That's that feels that feels minor. Yeah, at this point. yeah. It could have okay. been a broken jaw. So you know, it's we're all right. I think he's. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm pretty sure he's fine. Yeah, good. Everyone's fine apart from Brian, who we will uh, maybe not see for a while, or maybe he will be on commentary. I mean, he is such a fucking really delight is. on commentary. So I would be happy if he just sits on commentary with his arm in yeah. a sling for a bit. Yeah, I don't think they need to. I mean, like we were talking before, I don't think necessarily that he needs to make a big comeback. Like he could quite easily, if he's able to. I mean, if he's comfortable doing it with the with his arm and that, I I think. I don't think there's any reason to take him off TV completely because he is so good on commentary. He can be there for the BCC matches. He can be at ringside if, if they need him, like he can second them and stuff. So I don't think necessarily it's the last we're going to see of Brian for a long time. They should do what they did with MJF when he had his poker chip and he just sat up in the box and the camera would just cut his reactions every now and then. Like I would, I would really like it. If that would be great. Just sat up there. And, he's another one. That, he's reactions. another one that just gives such good face. Like I could, I could watch yeah. him reacting. Yeah. So it's like when, um, when Don turned on Kenny with the screwdriver, and his little face on commentary, his little face lit up like a Christmas tree. It was so amusing. Absolutely, it really so did. Funny. Really, really good. I love wrestling. Um, <laughs> Me too. I'm just scanning this. Like, is there anything that we haven't covered that we should cover while the last uh, few seconds? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't know. So the one thing that I do want to quickly talk about is I did watch the Ring of Honor main event this morning. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. But but go on anyway. Go on anyway. It's fine. Well, I'm sure you can guess what happened when Chuck Taylor decided to challenge Claudio Castagnoli. I mean, oh, how do you think that match ended? Oh, <laughs> a little chalk. Oh, he does his yeah. best. Bless him. He tries. He, he tries did do so his hard. best. And he looks so little next to Claudio. Like, he's not little, but next to Claudio, he just looks like a little guy. And you're like, no, no he's so chucky. cute. He's, uh, yeah, because I saw the promo, because you posted it, didn't you, earlier on? on <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> the promo that I watched... 59,000 times yeah. because we had so many delays. It's just, it's so cute. He's just like, hey, uh, Claudio, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, oh. Bless him. See, I don't mind that kind of storyline when it's Chuck. It was just, you don't like you, let's have a fight. I'm, I'm into that. That's because he showed up in his like galaxy tracksuits and the Chris Statlander t-shirt and he was like, I'm ready to fight you. And like his hair is all in his eyes. And I'm just like, you look like you just woke up. You're not <laughs> ready to fight anyone. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just got done having a big nap and he's ready to go. Yeah. I that's yeah. the thing. I I I can imagine how that match went, really. Yeah. Mm, sure, like <laughs> you, re- you you really can. Yeah. And but the thing is that I was completely like we woke up this morning and like came downstairs to eat breakfast and my partner's like I have to work like we don't have time to watch all of Ring of Honor before I have to work and I was like can I just skip ahead to the main event and he's like if you must <laughs> <laughs> I was like he's gonna win he's gonna win and he's like 
no one but you thinks Chuck Taylor is going to win this one. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he is going to win because it's a proving ground match and it's not a title match. True. So he can win. It doesn't have guns. He could win it. And then, you know, we're, we're on the comeback trail. Chuck Taylor's not going to get pinned anymore. Um, and then the crowd were one. chanting. There was there was little like Chucky T chants. And Aww. I was just completely convinced the whole way through. See, I would have loved that. I would have absolutely loved that if he if he'd have just if he'd have pulled it out on a on a proving ground match because that is the beauty of those matches like it doesn't I know it doesn't matter you can let him have yeah a win but he didn't but he didn't win oh Chucky bless his heart keep trying Chuck. and then his flight to flight to France got cancelled and God knows what's going on oh God yeah yeah because didn't um. Didn't Trent end up stuck in France on his own? So, so unsupervised. he posted on and yeah, Craig has been left unsupervised in France. Fuck, there's like riots going on. Someone oh, go save him. What is happening? Um, yeah, he just posted like a picture of himself in front of the Eiffel Tower. Like Dustin's flight got cancelled. What <laughs> shit? Uh, but they are both there now because I've seen a picture oh, of the good, both of them in good. front of the Eiffel Tower. So, um. Because that was the, they, they just randomly announced, hey, they're going to be doing a signing in Paris. And I'm like, shall I get on a train to London and go on the Eurostar? And I was like, no, I have shit to do. Oh, shit. I can't do that. Oh, see, yeah, that would that would have been fun. But did, did you see um, Kyla Riley's comment on the Instagram post? <laughs> <laughs> I love him. What's it, Ian? They stood in front of the Eiffel Tower. No idea, Kyle. He was definitely joking, I'm right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's joking. I hope he was joking. I don't know. I'm sure he's I'm joking. I'm sure he was. I miss you, Kyle. Come yeah. back. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's so, so good. And I miss him a lot. And I hope he's, uh, he's next doing all right and that we'll see him again soon with a bit of luck. Essentially, we are ending this podcast on the same note we started, which is why are these men all so cute? And oh, I love them. Love the little fellas. My adopted sons. <laughs> um, I don't think we have time for a dilemma, but we can save it for next yes. week. Uh, finally, who would you like to crown our Waffly Bollocks Champion of the Week this week? Oh, Christ on a bike. You know, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that this week because I was thinking there's so much to do. There is. I have a proposal if you'd like to Go hear on. it. I think jointly it should be kenny and will osprey yeah yeah absolutely yeah down with that i don't even get explained the proposal i'm just gonna say <laughs> it and you'll be like okay yeah. <laughs> no explanation required <laughs> they very much spoke for themselves well why they're the the waffly bollocks champions of the week just because of that match Incredible, absolutely incredible. King shit shit indeed. (laughs) Okay, so on that note, we're going to say goodbye. We have a Twitter account for this podcast now. It is at Waffly Bollocks, as one would expect, uh, spelt the same way as it is in the podcast name. So if you would like to follow us, please do. Um, We have like some stuff that we might do a giveaway when we get enough followers. So please follow us. You can also, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave us a comment. Uh, if you are on the web on Spotify for podcasters, you can send us a voicemail um, or you can just, I know, keep your opinions to yourself, I guess. Yeah, or just don't <laughs> talk to us then. It's fine. But we would love to hear from you anyway. But yes, uh, this is us signing off for this week. We'll see, see you, you next, next week. week. Bye.